Welcome to another episode. In this episode, I'm going to be going over a question that got submitted by a listener. And this question is very, very close to me. It's something that I have done in the past in regards to uh, dog training. One of the things I, I did as part of my career to kind of get me to where I am is I worked with uh, service dogs. And the way I did this is while I was running my business, uh, I was also volunteering at a, um, at a service dog organization. And what I was doing there is I was helping them with the training. I was helping them with um, so some of the selection as well. And with the pairing up of the the handlers to the uh, to the dogs now i'm not i'm not going to take credit for the work and the and putting the organization together that is not what i did at all um i simply helped the people that were running it to the best of my capacity so uh if i had to keep one of the dogs for a few weeks to polish up their training i would do that um, if we had to assist with some tasks like um, hearing assistance, um, you know, other things like that, I would help out. And I would also help them with the selection in regards to the, uh, you know, to the type of dog that we that we were helping them out with. Right. You know, the, depending on what the what the handler needed. And so I got I got to spend a little bit of time doing this. It was very consistent. Um um, you know, I didn't just do it like once a month. I was involved in it daily. I was, I was, you know, going to their meetings weekly. Um, I was very involved. I, I felt very much uh, part of the team. And I did this just on a volunteer basis. And I was very lucky that I found a, an organization that um, they were very open to, to some of the suggestions that, that I had. And uh, they were definitely doing it they were doing it right you know they um they were washing dogs that didn't have the the capacity the the capacity to do this we had some dogs that were donated to the organization that we would give it a try you know just do the evaluation and kind of go with uh a little bit of uh you know what that dog was able to give us but if if it didn't work out it didn't work out we would watch the dog which is good you know you want to have a service organization that is not afraid to wash dogs. By wash dogs, I don't mean bathe them. I mean wash them out of the program, say this dog is not suitable for this type of work. And this did happen. Even though we did take some of these dogs and we did work them to a certain point, um, at some point it will, it will get to that, uh, to that crossroads where we would go, it's just not going to work out. Um, I also did get contacted by another organization that found out I was helping out, and and I was doing this on a volunteer basis. So I wasn't getting paid. I, you know, they they did offer to uh, to pay a couple of times, and I suggest if you do help out, if you can, don't take any payment. It just feels so much better when you are doing it out of your you know, when you're volunteering this, you know, when, when you don't expect anything in return. And I got so much out of that experience. To me, that was payment enough. And uh, the organization particularly worked with, uh, with veterans. So we had veterans that had PTSD, TBI, 
um, and some other, um, you know, some other issues. But that was the bulk of the uh, of the of the clients were PTSD or TBI, and uh, and so this question right here is related to that. So the question is, do you have experience with dog owners with PTSD? Okay, and so the answer to that first part of the question is yes, and uh, and the effect that that can have on the dog. My dogs is still the question. My dogs are not service dogs, but they're sport dogs. Okay, so even though they're not service dogs, they are her uh, her psychiatric service dogs in a sense, right? So they don't have necessarily the service dog status, but they are her PTSD dogs. So my dogs are not service dogs, but they're sport dogs. My oldest male becomes unpredictable towards strangers when my PTSD is triggered. My youngest male becomes very insecure when this happens. I know this is not the dogs, but me. Uh, but I would like to know if there is something that could help me in this. I don't know. I don't want to stop training my dogs because of my PTSD. Uh, my dogs and training them helps me and get me out of my comfort zone. But I also don't want, don't want it to continue to influence their behavior. That's a, that's a, uh, th that's definitely a, an interesting question there. Good question, and I'm going to address this to the to the best of my capacity, okay, uh, with the uh, you know with some of the experience that I have with this. But first, just make sure that you check out my books, okay. Go to Amazon, go to the search bar. I got three books on there. I got Common Myths About Dogs. I've got Info Every Dog Trainer Should Know, my latest book, which is the decoy book. And I may or may not have a fourth on the way. So stay tuned to that as well. So if you look up on Amazon, if you look on the search bar and type my name, William Garrido, G-A-R-R-I-D-O, you'll find the list of books on there. Make sure you follow me on YouTube. I have over 600 videos on there on different topics from protection training, competitive obedience, uh, tricks, all of that kind of stuff, and a bunch of um, a bunch of other informational stuff. Plus, I also have all of my podcast episodes go on YouTube as well. And, you know, obviously check out Instagram and Facebook. I'm a little bit upset with Facebook right now. They put me in Facebook jail, so I can't do any lives on there. And, uh, and pretty soon I'm going to be doing a, a live. It's going to be on Instagram, but I'm going to be doing a live with Michael and Bart Ballone. And we're going to be talking about some of the things that are happening in Europe right now in regards to training uh, and a bunch of other stuff. So I'm really excited about that, about that interview. Um, although some of you, by the time you hear this episode, this interview will probably be done. By then, I'll see if I can save it. I'm I'm pretty new with the whole live thing, so hopefully I can uh, I can uh, save it for you guys to listen to that. All right, let's go to the question. So, um, what do we do about this? Okay, so her serve her dogs. She's already said are not service dogs, so they don't have the service dog status, uh, meaning uh, she's she doesn't have to. Uh, she's not abiding by the ADA with you know by the American with Disabilities Act. Uh, meaning she doesn't have public access. She's she seems to be aware of this, 
which is why she says they're not my service dogs. So no public access, meaning she, she doesn't take her dogs in public. A service dog has public access. You can take the service dog to public places uh, where pets would not be able to be taken to. But there is a whole lot that goes into service dogs. Okay, service dogs, um, I mean, we, we can have a whole nother episode on that because the industry, uh, where it's headed, it's just headed to an ugly place. Um, because a lot of people are taking advantage of it and a lot of people are being taken advantage of. But we're not going to uh, stray too far off topic from this question. So her service, her dogs are her PTSD service dogs. So that's post-traumatic stress disorder, uh, meaning there is some sort of trigger that, um, you know, some sort of stimuli or some sort of stimulus that will trigger some sort of a traumatic episode on the person now PTSD could be caused by a bunch of things it could be uh, like I said we, when we work when I worked with this service organization we were working with veterans so our veterans had PTSD from the traumatic events that they experienced um, you know with uh, in, in combat uh, PTSD can also happen because of other types of traumatic instances it could be um, it could be any. I mean, it could be bullying. It could be uh, sexual assault, uh, traumatic, um, just traumatic experience, ac car accidents, um, just a bunch of things. Okay, and it could be a bunch of things that could give a person uh, PTSD. Now, her dogs. Um, so, what happens with her dogs is that. Um, you know her her personal dogs do sport sports. Now she's not specifically um, she's not really pointing out what sports they do, that, and that's an irrelevant detail. But basically, what happens is when her PTSD gets triggered, um, it says here that her dogs now become a little bit affected by this. So the oldest male becomes unpredictable towards strangers when my PTSD is triggered. Okay, so um. Now, these dogs, by the sound of this, they don't have a particular task that they perform for her. Again, they're not her service dogs. They're just her dogs from reading the question. And so, um, you know, her regular dogs, when her PTSD gets triggered, one of them becomes unpredictable. The youngest becomes very insecure when this happens. Now, here is... Here is where uh, where uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to draw the line a little bit and say I don't know her dogs. I don't know this lady. I don't know what type of PTSD she has. I don't know what stimulus or stimuli trigger her PTSD. And I don't know her symptoms when this gets triggered. So the the trigger, you know, the stimulus, the stimuli that trigger this, I mean, that could be triggering the dogs. I don't know, you know. So let's say just as an example, let's say um you know, let's say a, a loud bang, maybe something drops. Let's say that is the trigger. That's the stimulus that triggers your PTSD. Well, could it be that that bang, that loud bang also triggered the dog? Does that make sense? So 
Uh, maybe it's not the person being triggered that triggers the dog. Maybe it's the same stimulus that triggered the person. Maybe it's that same stimulus that is also triggering the dog because the question doesn't have a whole lot of detail there, and I don't expect her to. I mean, it, this is a, a very delicate subject for most people, so I don't expect uh, the details to be there. But what I would say to this person is, Maybe it is the trigger. I don't know what the trigger is. You know, maybe if it's something pretty obvious, let's, and I don't know, again, we don't know what kind of PTSD she has. Let's say, just as an example, I, I again, this is just an example, okay? Let's say, for instance, that this lady's PTSD was the result of, um, you know, bullying, or maybe she was in a bad relationship where her, um, you know, her significant other at the time used to get physically, um, you know, physically abusive with her. Well, let's say the trigger now is men uh, who have a, a, a kind of a deep voice and men who are, um, you know, who maybe get a little bit loud in, in any instance, maybe not even talking to her. Maybe that is the stimulus that triggers her PTSD. Well, could it be that that also triggers the dog? It could be. I don't know. You know, again, that may or may not be it. So that would be a question for her to answer to herself, for her to ask herself and uh, and think about that. Could it be the trigger, the same trigger that is triggering me? Could that also be triggering the dog? Okay, the answer might be no because the trigger might be the trigger might be very subtle. So if the trigger is very subtle, like maybe it's just something in, very insignificant that only the the patient or the person um, becomes aware of. So let's say maybe it's, um, you know, just an example. Let's say maybe it's a ding, right? Or uh, like a, a certain ringtone or a beep, a certain beep, some sort of mechanical beep. And, uh, and let's say that is what triggers this person's PTSD. Now, that might be so subtle that really it's not they're easy, easy, easily recognized, but it's recognized by this person. So maybe that's not what triggered the dog, but maybe the person now, um, as a result of that stimulus, now the person becomes agitated or the person uh, goes into this uh, traumatic episode uh, and now that is triggering the dog. Yeah, that could also happen. So like, let's say I have PTSD and... I hear something in the distance and uh, and have my dog with me and I hear something in the distance that's not really very noticeable for your you know for most people but it's noticeable to me and I hear that sound in the distance and that suddenly triggers my PTSD and now I get nervous so now I have all these symptoms now could this trigger the dog absolutely that could absolutely trigger the dog so now we have a couple of things that could be triggering the dog it could be the same stimulus that triggered me or it could be as a secondary effect that now maybe me being triggered that's what's triggering the dog could that be it yes it absolutely can be it okay that can be it now as far as the second dog it says the youngest male becomes very insecure when this happens so here's how it goes. Here's, I'm going to read part of the question again, okay? So um, owners of PTSD and the effect that I can have on the dog. My dogs, are, my dogs are not service dogs, but they're sport dogs. My oldest male becomes unpredictable towards strangers. When my PTSD is triggered, 
my youngest male becomes very insecure when this happens. So now you have another dog into that equation. So the youngest male becomes also uh, insecure. So now we have to kind of go through that process again. Is it possible that the same trigger that triggered you and triggered the dog is also triggering the younger dog? Could it be that when you get triggered, maybe the second scenario, maybe you get triggered, and as a result of you being triggered, um, your dog gets uh, dog also gets triggered, and now the same thing that is triggering your older dog is also triggering the younger dog? Or could it be that the triggering of the dog is triggering the younger dog? We could go on and on about several hypotheticals here because we don't have a whole lot of detail. But to kind of get to the point of this, yes, dogs can absolutely pick up things from their environment, even if nothing is happening to them. And I'll, and I'll tell you a story of how this happened to one of my dogs. Okay, so I had a dog uh, several years ago uh, that it was it was a it was a good dog, but what this dog had this dog had a little bit of an issue with um, thunderstorms. Now I have a a dog that I talk about a lot. I've talked about him in previous episodes. I have pictures of him and videos of him on on uh, on my social media. And he is this 12-year-old, and now he's 12, so he's this 12-year-old Catahoula mix, this mutt. He's brindle. He's he's an older, again, 12 years old. He's a pet dog. He's not a sport dog. Um, He has taught me some very valuable lessons. Um, But, you know, this is a dog that, just a regular dog. He did have some issues himself and certain things. But here's what happened with Jax. I had another dog at some point several years ago, okay? And this dog, his name is Gomez. And um, now Gomez is doing amazing right now. He's doing awesome. He's uh, he's with, uh, with a friend of mine, and he is just awesome, awesome dog. But anyway, so for that period of time, I had Gomez. And Gomez was terrified of thunderstorms terrified okay Jax had no issues with thunderstorms Jax was perfectly fine with thunderstorms and well what happened every time that it would rain or it would start to get a little bit uh you know the rain started to get a little bit heavy Gomez would start to get a little bit anxious so he would start drooling get anxious um, you know, it wasn't terrible, but it was noticeable for sure. Okay, he you could definitely see some of the anxiety. Well, this happened and we just kind of dealt with it. Again, it it wasn't to the point where we were like, oh my god, we have to do something about this. This is terrible. It was just noticeable enough. Again, Gomez would just kind of pace a little bit, he would drill a little bit, but but he, but that would be the extent of it. You know, it wasn't nothing serious. He wasn't like you know, trying to uh, close way out of the house like some dogs do when they when they are terrified of thunderstorms. But what happened is this. This is what happened with Jax. Jax eventually started to become, after a period of time of hanging out with Gomez, Jax himself became nervous when it started to rain. Okay? Now, 
years had gone by and he had never had issues with the rain, with thunderstorms, nothing. But when we had Gomez in the house, uh, when Gomez came into the picture and Jax saw Gomez become nervous as a result of the thunderstorm, something that never bothered Jax before, this eventually affected Jax. Now, how I assume it happened, because again, it wasn't the storm that did it for him, but how I assume it happened, Jax probably noticed. Again, I'm just assuming here, okay? And that's, you know what they say about assuming. But uh, but based on, on me knowing Jax for several years before, you know, no issues at all with uh, with the thunderstorm, but what I'm assuming happened was Jax probably noticed Gomez get freaked out a little bit, and Jax probably f- looking at his environment thought, well, what what is freaking you out? And okay, what is okay? Obviously, it's the thunderstorm. It's when it's raining. So if that's now, I'm I'm kind of talking on behalf of my dog here, <laughs> and uh, and and I never recommend to humanize your dogs. But I'm just trying to illustrate a point here, okay? But the best way I can describe this is Jax probably thought, well, you're getting freaked out about something. Something's making you anxious. Uh, so, crap, you're getting anxious, so I should probably be anxious too. There's got to be something that I need to be concerned about if you are concerned about something right now. And the common, den- the common denominator was obviously the thunderstorm, right? The rain, the thunderstorm, the rain combination of that and then it wasn't too too long after that period of time that then Jax himself started to get some anxiety when the rain started to drop now this was definitely an issue Um, and in his older years he's actually gotten better we found ways to manage this to cope with this and um, he did go through a period of time where even if it got windy he started to get anxious. Okay, that's how bad it got. And never had any issues prior to that until we had Gomez and until Gomez started to get get anxious when it would rain, that's when Jax started to pick up on that too. And uh, so, so then Jax was like, oh crap, thunderstorms. And then it wasn't just the thunderstorms. Eventually it was like, oh crap, rain. Rain leads to thunderstorms. So then it was the rain. And then pretty soon it was like, oh my God, when it gets windy, when it gets windy and cloudy, he he picked up on this. It wasn't just wind. It was windy and cloudy. It's probably the barometric pressure that they're very aware of. Um, It's cloudy, windy, the barometric pressure starting to change. This leads to rain. Rain leads to storms. Got it. I'm going to now start to get anxious when even it even gets, uh, you know, before it even starts raining. Then even wind, even the wind itself would freak him out. And now we had this dog that would do great until the weather started to change a little bit. Okay, some of the ways that we found to cope with this. I don't want to get, I don't want to stray too far off topic because this is a good question. So I'm going to get to that here in a second. But I wanted to tell you this story because I feel like this is pretty much what is happening with this lady. Long story short. We found a couple of supplements that helped us out, and uh, Jax is now doing much better. Uh, and then on his own, you know, I mean, even uh, just now, when it even when it rains, he's fine. It's perfectly fine. It rains, it's perfectly fine. Now it has to like thunder pretty bad for him to get a little bit anxious now, or it has to rain pretty pretty heavy 
for him to get a little bit anxious. And when he does, we give him these uh, these supplements that really help him out. Okay, and if you, if you're thinking, um, you know, you're probably thinking uh, CBD. It's not CBD. We tried CBD. It didn't work for him. It's a different supplement. I don't remember the name of it right now. Maybe I'll I'll talk about that in a later episode. But uh, but anyway, so long story short, Jax inherited or not inherited, but he acquired the the same symptoms that Gomez had, and it was introduced to him by Gomez. That was the clear thing, the clear event right there. So what could be happening with this lady and her dogs? Well, she gets triggered. She gets anxious. So now her anxiety could be triggering anxiety in one of the dogs, which by default is now potentially triggering the anxiety on the younger dog. So could it be that this lady's anxiety is also triggering her dog's anxiety? It could be. Could it be that the trigger is actually, right, like the, the stimulus that is triggering this lady is also triggering the dogs. That is also possible. But it is very real for this to happen, for this to, for the dog to um, to model after uh, another animal's um, anxiety. It could, it actually could happen. I, I saw it happen right in front of me with my dogs. Uh, I've heard of this happening before to other people, and it makes sense. Right, this is where people go. Oh, you know, it's it's energy. It's my energy. It's like my energy. If my energy is off, that's gonna go into the dog. Look, that that in itself is another episode. <laughs> but um, but no, I'm I'm not talking about energy here. This is not even related to the whole energy thing. This is now, we are looking at a dog that could just be witnessing the anxiety taking place in her person and the dog going, well, crap, you're anxious. There's got to be something to be anxious about. And then that could, by default, teach the dog that whatever stimulus triggered her person or his, uh, you know, its person could also now become the same trigger, the same stimulus that triggers him. Okay, this is very, very possible. Now, uh, have I seen that? I explained that already. I have seen it maybe in a different context with the uh, with the service dogs that I worked with, uh, with that organization. I didn't spend a whole lot of time with the handlers after they took the dogs. Um, but, uh, but I do know, okay, I, I do know that it is a big concern when dogs that are you know, service dogs, whether they're uh, physical, so physical disability service dogs, mobility type service dogs, or whether they are psychiatric service dogs, there is a concern about the well-being of these dogs. Okay, people just look at these dogs like, oh, you know, they're great, they're awesome, they help me out, they help me with my mobility, and they help me with with my uh, psychiatric issues, and this is this dog is awesome. But there's also something to be said about the well-being of the dog. You know, it is a working dog it is um, potentially on task for very long periods of time so what I would say to this lady is uh, you know maybe get more um, and I know I'm giving very broad suggestions here but again the question itself is pretty broad too so I'm, I'm going with the uh, I'm going with a very general answer because the question itself is very 
the question itself is also very general. What I would say is, you know, it's it's great that your dogs are helping you push you outside of your comfort zone. And, uh, you know, obviously I'm not going to blame you for having PTSD or for having these episodes with your dog or your dogs. But if you want to help your dogs, I would say the que- the thing here is contact a dog trainer who has experience with this type of work, okay, who has experience with uh, working with service dogs. I know these are not your service dogs, but work with somebody who understands this, okay? Uh, and then what we can do is we can help that dog. We can go, hey, dude, you know, doesn't matter how, you know, it doesn't matter what is happening, right, in, uh, in regards to your person, um, you know, a sit is a sit, right? A heel is a heel. And so going to incompatible behaviors, right? differential reinforcement of incompatible behaviors means even if you are getting a little bit freaked out, just focus on something else, okay? Because, I mean, I can't tell this lady, okay, when your PTSD kicks in and you're feeling really, really bad, I want you to start doing some counter-conditioning and systematic desensitization with your dogs, I can't ask her to do that. She's going to be experiencing the effects of PTSD. I mean, who, depending on how bad it is, how how are you going to be in the right state of mind to now have a training session happen right in front of you as you yourself are, you know, melting in anxiety? So what I would say is contact a dog trainer who understands this, who has experience with service dogs, specifically with psychiatric service dogs, who can assist you with this. And so I want to tell you, yeah, it is a real thing. It could happen. Your episodes could be triggering your dog. Uh, and you want to make sure that you address this. You want to make sure that, that you also understand that, uh, you know, your dog is your dogs are dogs. Okay, that's one thing I, I, I hammer a lot in a lot of episodes. It's your dog is, is a dog. Um, they are going to have some flaws. They are going to make associations that you don't want them to make. It's just going to happen. So, aside from contacting a dog trainer, understand that you are working with a, an animal. Okay, and uh, and and don't feel bad. You know? Don't feel bad that you are causing any issues. That's not your fault. That's just it's just something that is happening as a result of whatever you experienced in the past that caused this issue. Um, and with that being said, I know I'm sorry the uh, the episode or the the answer rather my explanation was a little bit too general, um, but we are going to uh, we're gonna try to um, get as detailed as we can with the questions that we get here. Um, and I mean, if you uh, if you want to expand on your question, I'd be more than happy to do a follow up. And uh, but I understand too. It is a delicate matter, so I don't expect you to. But if uh, if you guys have any other questions, if you guys have any suggestions for another episode, make sure you let me know, and I will be more than happy to do an episode on that. Till next time.